0: Today on City Cash Chicago, we have talked a lot about summer things to do. We've given you book and bucket lists, road and day trips, street and food fest. But we can't forget, Chicago's home to some of the greatest museums and galleries in the world, and they deserve some summertime shy love, too. Luckily, we got a few spots for you to check out. It's Thursday, July 21st. I'm Jacoby Cochran, and this is CityCast Chicago. To help me look at just a few of the amazing galleries and museums across the city, I brought in our resident arts reporter, lead producer, Carrie Shepard. Carrie, how you feeling today?
1: I'm feeling great, Jacoby. I love talking about our great museums and art exhibits that I don't nearly spend enough time checking out. So this is a good little poke for me as well.
0: I'm glad we're able to do this. I feel like there's so much that we talk about throughout the week, the things that we're interested in, our weekend plans, that never make it on the podcast, and galleries and museums is one of them. All right, Gary. So, what's one exhibit that you're excited to see?
1: Okay, so I'm starting in Lincoln Park and okay. going to Wrightwood Six Five Nine, which actually has a few exhibits up. And the reason I'm starting here is because this closes on July on July 30th, so you only have like a week for this. Okay. Um, the one I'm going to talk about is Recreate Tervanesia, Who's Afraid of Red, Yellow, and Green? And I actually have seen this one, and it's really cool I'm going to sort of describe it the way I remember it first of all on the second floor they serve curry so you mm. can have a choice of either red yellow or green curry so you get these little these bowls of curry and then all around you artists are drawing images of protests political uprisings and so you're sort of eating while also seeing this interactive art you know get out of the walls and it's it's really immersive, and it's this communal feeling that art is, that we shouldn't just—it's a reminder. We shouldn't just go—you know, it's not this solitary experience where you just go, look at it, internalize it. That's fine, too. But this is what this uh, exhibit at Rightwood 659 is telling you to do. It's kind of make it—and you can see these people create these, this amazing art walls at the same time.
0: Are, are these like, are they doing them, adding to them every single time? or?
1: Yeah, that's a good question. So they're sort of projecting these images on the walls and the artists um, sometimes are tracing them and then charcoaling in, or they're just freehanding, freehand doing it. So they're on ladders, they're sitting on the floor, you know, as artists do, to try and, like, get their best position. And then in the middle, there's a table with green, red, or yellow curry.
0: I mean, not only is it immersive, you're going to get you a little
1: food, right? (laughs) Good curry. It was good.
0: So can you give me that name one more time and where people can catch it?
1: Recreate. Venetia, who's afraid of red, yellow, and green, is at Wrightwood 659 in Lincoln Park through July 30th.
0: Nice. I'm going to stay in Lincoln Park and I'm gonna head over to the DePaul Art Museum. As a faculty member there, I've gotten to stop in a lot and just just check in uh, on what exhibits are happening. And one that's going on right now is remaking the exceptional "T Torture and Reparations: Chicago to Guantanamo." Uh, it's a look at the 20 year anniversary of Guantanamo Bay. The uh, you know, extra legal prison in Guantanamo. Uh, but over the last 20 years, we've seen dozens and dozens of reports of abuse, of harassment, of um, obviously illegal detaining. And so this exhibit brings that story alongside the story of Chicago torture survivors, mm. you know, people who were tortured under former police commander John Burge. Some some of the art has been created by survivors. I believe they have a slight like mocking of what a Guantanamo sale would have looked like hmm. and what was inside of it. This exhibit closes August 7th at Lincoln Park.
1: I've never been to the DePaul Art Museum, I'm embarrassed to say. So I will I will check that one out before it closes in August.
0: It it definitely punches above its above its class because it, it's a little unassuming, a, a much smaller place, but just the different layers and levels that they have to this, this exhibit is really nice. So, C-Shep, C-Money, what is your next uh, place for the people?
1: I am also going to a smaller museum that I always feel like punches above its weight, to use your terms, and it's out in the suburbs, western suburbs. It's Raul Ortiz at Elmhurst Art Museum in suburban Elmhurst, which... You can definitely take the Metro, too. But I'm a big fan of the Elmhurst Art Museum because I'm a big fan of Mies van der Rohe architecture. Mm-hmm. So the Elmhurst Art Museum actually has the McCormick House, which is this single-family home that was designed in 1952 by Mies van der Rohe. And this home has been moved. Actually, the museum m- purchased the home or it was donated, and it is on Connected to the museum. And the reason I'm interested in this exhibit, Raul Ortiz, is because, you know, they, it's just, they would say about Mies van der Rohe, like, less is more. This is actually titled Raul Ortiz, More is More. Yeah. And these super bright, are you looking at them? These super mm-hmm. bright paintings with all these great colors, like sort of collage-like. And they are in the home, in the McCormick house. They are on the, on the walls there. Which is this great contrast of these this kind of blank space that is a Mies van der Rohe, and then these cut co- these pops of color with the yeah. art on the walls. Something Mies van der Rohe probably would not have liked is art on the walls. <laughs> but I think Elmhurst Art Museum just does really awesome stuff with the McCormick House. It doesn't just sit there as this relic of this ode to me's it's they use it as an exhibition space and they mm-hmm. do these really cool dichotomies with the art um the art the architecture
0: really cool to know that no this home is is like an art exhibit within itself here
1: exactly that's what's exactly up. one time i covered an exhibit there where a woman had moved in for a week so raul ortiz more is more runs through august 14th
0: your destination for advanced clear aligner solutions. P.S., they got another clinic on the way, so stay tuned for their Old Town location.
1: Jacoby, you so heading back into the city, where are you headed?
0: So I'm not going to be too far from the crib in Jackson Park at the Museum of Science and Industry. And let me start with this. I know that this museum costs a little bit of the grip, So hopefully before this (laughs) exhibit is gone, you can find a free day at the museum. Uh, But one I'm really interested in seeing is the art of the brick. And it's not really a play on words. It's just that. It's a really huge Lego exhibit. Uh, the artist Nathan Sawaya has created over a hundred different sculptures made out of Legos. And they are huge. From like a T-Rex. That's so there cool. There is a, a version of the Mona Lisa. There's this one where the guy looks like he's a yellow, the the yellow man. He's like opening up his chest and it looks like Legos are falling out of yes. it. Yes. Um, it's just really cool. And they also, because it's the Museum of Science and Industry, when they can, they love to be interactive with some of their exhibits. And so you can participate in like a like little um Lego studio where you can build some of your own cool. sculptures while you're there. I mean, this T-Rex is 20 feet. And as somebody who had like a, a Lego set as a kid, I could not see these masterpieces out of Legos, even if it was on the box. <laughs> I had a hard time seeing the end product. So to to be staring right now at a tiger in its Lego beady eyes, that
1: picture is is
0: is pretty wild.
1: Yeah, Legos are so timeless. I always think it's so funny when my nephews come up and visit, and they will go to my mom's and play still with my brother's Legos. Mm -hmm. My brother is in his forties, so my mom has saved these, and they still always just like really want to play with Legos and every time I go to their house I feel like I step on a Lego or like I'll find a Lego in my suitcase when I come back from visiting my nephews like they're just everywhere but they're so they're so timeless these are these are really awesome and to your point about uh ticket prices there are Illinois Museum Days so there are some free days coming up in the next couple months that you should check out on their website
0: all right c money what is your final choice for the people to make sure they can get out into a gallery get a little bit of ac on them as it gets hot and hot and hot this weekend
1: so my final one is i'm also staying south but more south loop um and the columbia college campus is a museum of contemporary photography beyond the frame i never knew about this museum until like you know, a a few years ago. And they have this permanent collection of like more than 16,000 works. Like, and so this is kind of what they're doing with this uh, exhibit is putting some of those in the permanent collection that are often filed away and used for research and stuff. They're putting them out. um, And each gallery is focused on various topics of of photography, so human subjects and portraits, landscape and place, et cetera, staged and constructed images, which are also very cool. I believe you have to make appointments. So this might be for people who are not totally ready to be around people in a museum. This might be a good option that, uh, for COVID safety, but Museum of Contemporary Photography Beyond the Frame runs through October 30th. Oh, and this is a great one to end on. This is actually a friend of CityCast Chicago Tell us about your last pick here, Jacoby. Mm
0: -hmm. So my last spot I want people to check out is the Intuit Gallery over in River West, and it features Roman Villarreal and his exhibition, South Chicago Legacies. Uh, If that name sounds familiar to you, it's because we had Roman on, who is the creator of The Secret Mermaid, which is out on Oakwood Beach. Uh, Roman's work, is the the story of his family. It's the story of his upbringing in Chicago. Roman grew up on what's known as like East Side, the Southeast Side of Chicago, where the steel mills were. Uh, his family's originally from Mexico and parts of Texas. And, And Roman, we've talked to him about, you know, a lot of what happened to South Chicago is it's happened in towns and cities across the world, which is manufacturing dries up, those steel mills dry up. And it really takes a generational toll on the neighborhood. And so his work not only focuses on, you know, sort of the heyday when the steel mills were still open in during the 60s and the 70s. Um, But it also talks about how that exodus of industry impacted their neighborhood, how Vietnam claimed so many lives from the people in their neighborhood. And so a lot of his work goes from the 1970s all the way up until now. Uh, And so you, you really get this idea of of watching the the evolution of this artist, watching the evolution of his family and, and really the decimation of yet another Chicago neighborhood. But the art is so colorful is so beautiful. He does paintings. He's a sculptor. He's a
1: sculptor. A lot um, of these are sculptures. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Luckily you have plenty of time to see this. It doesn't close until January 8th, um, but because he sells some of it, you want to maybe get in as soon as possible because not all of it will be there. I know when I show up, I'm gonna pop out with a few things. Look at
1: you collector.
0: <laughs> hey, I got I got some Roman pieces. Quick rundown for the folks. You can head over to Wrightwood 659. You can go to the Elmhurst Art Museum and also the Museum of Contemporary Photography. Each of those were C. Money lead producer Carrie Shepard's pick. And then my picks were the DePaul Art Museum, the Art of the Brick at the Museum of Science and Industry, and the Intuit Gallery in River West. We'll drop links to all of these exhibits and all of these galleries and museums in the show notes for you. Shout out to our lead producer Carrie Shepard for dropping by to talk a little uh, museum hopping. hmm,
1: mm-hmm. Thank you, Jacoby.
0: It wouldn't be a summertime episode if I also didn't remind you to participate in our summertime shop bucket list. We've got an amazing group of things for you to do, from eating Kofi to getting out to a nature walk. So check it out at Chicago.CityCast.FM. Bang.
1: All right. Bye. Swish. Swish. Swish.
0: Before I let you go, a little bit of news, y'all. I got a couple quick city council updates. A watered-down effort to increase affordable housing near bus and train lines was approved. Those $35 tickets for going 6-9 to 9 miles per hour over the speed limit? Yeah, they're here to stay. Also, watch out for them school zones. The speed limit is 20, and the ticket prices go up. The Chicago Ethics Ordinance has been updated, including raising maximum fines to $20,000, and the conflict of interest provision changed for the first time in decades to prohibit nepotism by city officials. I'ma just say it, I thought that was a thing already. And some good news to get you through. The Disability Pride Parade is back this Saturday in The Loop, starting at 11 a.m. The march goes along Dearborn between Van Buren and Washington. The Post Parade will be held at Davy Plaza at noon. As always, I appreciate you for listening. Feel free to reach out to City Cash Chicago at 773 780 0246. Leave your name, your neighborhood, and maybe your idea for an episode. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Peace.
1: Perfect.
0: Perfect. So, damn, not me saying perfect immediately. (laughs) I agree. (laughs) <laughs> just mirroring your behavior. That's me. Just whoever's the guest. I'm just like, I'll do what
1: I, you no, do. No, I took the perfect from you. I should have <laughs> been like, got it. Whatever. Go Go ahead. <laughs>